Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second ever Best Phone Plans podcast. This is the show where we explain cell phone plans, network technology, and more. And with me today is, of course, co-host Dennis. Uh, Dennis, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, hopefully, for everybody that can hear me, I sound a lot better. Uh, we definitely made some improvements from last time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, picked up a new microphone for Dennis. We got some feedback on that. Uh, and Dennis, how does it seem to be working for you? Uh, I'm absolutely loving it. I hopefully sound like a god right now. And uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully this will make it so that we actually sound a lot cleaner and people can you know, hear everything I have to say. <laughs> Absolutely. That's why I love to, that's why I love to hear. Yeah. So for this show, we're talking about network priority, QCI values, what it means to be deprioritized on a network or on contrary, what it means to have priority data on a network um, and kind of how this impacts your network performance and uh, what Dennis and I've also experienced. So what I want to do is start off here with kind of talking about QCI values, what that even means and uh, how this translates into the different cell phone plans. So QCI stands for QOS, so another acronym, but QOS service, what does it actually stand for? QCI stands for Quality of Service Class Identifier. So what this means is it's basically a number that determines what priority you have on the network. And uh, the numbers kind of vary. There's one range that goes from one to nine, and then there's another series of numbers that goes from 65 to 80. Without getting too technical, you basically need to know that conversational voice is prioritized the highest. Then you have conversational video. Uh, this includes things like live streaming or maybe like FaceTiming, uh, doing a duo call, things like that. You have non-conversational video. Then you've got some other things like messaging, IMS signaling. And finally, what you need to know for this episode is the QCI values of six, seven, eight, and nine. This is what carriers use for consumer data. And in a new video that's coming out very soon, I was putting this to the test with T-Mobile. And what I was seeing is Magenta, Magenta Plus, and T-Mobile Prepaid had the highest priority. So that would be a QCI value of six, whereas the T-Mobile Essentials Plan and the Metro by T-Mobile service, as well as T-Mobile MVNOs had lower QCI values. So they were on QCI value of seven. And once you get, once you used over 50 gigs of data on T-Mobile Magenta, Magenta Plus Essentials, or any of the prepaid plans, you were actually deprioritized further to the bottom of the barrel QCI nine. So that's kind of how QCI values can play into network priority and management. And the different networks will use these values differently. Uh, but yeah, basically, if you have priority data, you're on a higher QCI value or you have a you have higher priority, which ends up being a lower number. So you're on maybe six or seven. And if you're deprioritized, that typically means you're like eight or nine. So, so Stetson, are, yeah, got a good question for you here. Um, how can I, as like a consumer, tell what type of QCI value I'm going to need in my market? Dennis, that is a great question. So. Uh, I guess as a, as a real consumer, the my best answer is you just have to kind of test, get a priority plan, see what the experience is like, and then get a deprioritized plan and see what that experience is like. And the reason I say you have to get these different plans is because the only way to actually get the QCI value, from my understanding as of right now, is to get a rooted Android phone. And it has to use a specific processor. 
And then you have to get the app called Network Signal Guru. And that is going to be able to extract the QCI value from uh, everything that's going on in the phone. So that's that's my answer for you. But yeah, what Dennis, what has your experience been in your market kind of with the plans you have and with the different priority levels on your network? Sure. So uh, for the audience out there, I have two cell phone plans. I have the T-Mobile One Plus plan um, with T-Mobile Postpaid. I also have a cell phone plan with AT&T. I have the unlimited elite plan. So I have both carriers, most premium plans. Um, in my experience, um, in my market, uh, T-Mobile generally doesn't perform very well out here out in Pittsburgh. Um, they just don't have all of their spectrum deployed. Some towers where they do have uh, spectrum added, they haven't improved the backhaul yet too. Um, so network performance has been pretty poor. Uh, AT&T, on the other hand, I've been regularly getting over like 100 megabits per second. Um, so I'm basically getting the best they have to offer. And right now, AT&T is doing better. However, um, I do want to get into a little story um, about, uh, and it's going to relate to QCI here and basically yeah. go to show how it doesn't necessarily save you from congestion. So um, <clears throat> for... So, Stetson, I briefly told you about this before, but uh, back in 2017, uh, I actually went out to South Korea. I was living there for a month. And as everybody knows, South Korea is really well known uh, for their telecommunication network, right? Like fiber is ubiquitous. It's cheap. They got gig access for many people. Um, they were early adopters to 5G, right? So they're very much ahead of the curve when it comes to cell phone performance, right? Yeah. Um, but... Uh, one of the things I was doing out there was I was going to a concert called Ultra, which was in Seoul uh, in their Olympic Stadium. There Dude, was that sounds great. Sounds like a blast. Yeah, it was my first concert, actually, which was amazing. There was literally millions of people. They had different uh, events going on in all the stadiums. It was a lot of fun. Uh, however, this was a great opportunity to see how networks can be stressed and aren't necessarily meant or can stand up to the needs that they need to be met to. So because there were so many people so densely packed um, in these concert venues, right? It right. didn't matter if you were roaming and had low priority or if you had the most highest priority plan there with like the most compatible phone, everybody was unable to send texts. Everybody was unable to place calls because there were so many people saturating those cell sites. So, it didn't matter what QCI value you have. If there's that many people and not enough bandwidth to go around, everybody's going to be subject to the same poor experience. And I'm sure anybody that's been to like New York or something like that on like Christmas Eve can attest to what it looks like when heavy congestion's in place. No amount of network management can help you. So, yeah, I think that's a great point where, you know, even, even if you do have high priority on these networks, when a tower is congested, like it's congested, everyone's going to slow down. And how much you slow down can vary based on what plan you have, right? So maybe if you do have a priority plan from AT&T, actually, I think Verizon is probably the best example of this because, you know, I see on Reddit all the time where people in some markets where the Verizon network is super congested, if you're invisible or you are deprioritized, sometimes the plan's just like not usable. Like you're barely hitting a meg down, and a meg up. Whereas if you do have a postpaid plan, sometimes you do get more usable speeds. How much more usable? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like five megabits per second, or maybe it's even faster. But yeah, I think you know. I think you're right, Dennis. Where 
it doesn't necessarily fix the problem, but it can have a difference of experience in different markets. Have you ever gone over your priority allotments on either of your plans? Only once. <clears throat> only once have I done that. And I intentionally did that where I purposely stayed off Wi-Fi for a month um, just because I wanted to see what would happen after I got off that over my uh, soft yeah, cap. What, which, what did you find out? Which I want to say this was back when Simple Choice was around when this happened. So things might have changed. So the cap was 22 gigs, I believe, with T-Mobile at the time. And in my experience, what I ended up finding was it didn't really make much of a difference for me personally back then. Um, because I'm in a, I was in a small town that I grew up in when I was doing that testing. There's only 600 people. That cell site might have only covered maybe 8,000 total people max. And that market was very much a place where most people had Verizon AT&T. So in that circumstance, I didn't see much of a difference. Now, yeah. what? so how do you think the priority also plays into regional markets? Like, does it make a difference in rural areas or is it really only like uh, in the cities? I definitely think it's more in the cities, right? Like if there's more than enough bandwidth to go around, then it doesn't matter that you're deprioritized, right? Like, yeah. TCI values only matter when network management needs to happen, right? right? If you're the only person that's using the network, then there's never going to come a time where it matters. But in cities, that's never going to be the case, right? You literally have apartment complexes with thousands of units and multiple thousands of people just in that one apartment complex, right? And there's only going to be like one cell sector serving them, right? Unless there's like a a micro cell tower adding capacity like we've seen Verizon starting to deploy. So I think it's more in the cities that QCI values matters is what I'm trying to get at basically. Yeah, you know, I think I think you're right. And I also think to some degree it may matter less than people think because even like so I've been a Mint Mobile customer. So I've been on that QCI seven tier. So I've been deprioritized the whole time, but I've never really noticed uh, a difference, right? Where like all of my data usage works. And yeah, maybe it takes a couple seconds here and there. But in reality, I feel like people are more forgiving of that than they are of like dropped calls or things like that. So that's why, you know, with T-Mobile, where calling basically, I believe has the same priority across all the plans. Like I think for a lot of people, it probably makes less of a difference than you might think. And carriers are just sort of trying to differentiate it because I feel like it's been pretty recent where Verizon said or they started branding their plans as priority, like defining a certain amount. Um, does that sound right to you? Have you noticed that or am I off here? Um, I think it's become more of a focus as time has gone on um, just to try to differentiate their unlimited plans, right? Because how do you convince the average consumer the difference between this unlimited plan that's 70 bucks and this unlimited plan that's 90, right? You got to highlight something important so i think that's why we've seen that shift in marketing although um what i will say and what i'll touch on is that i think what's more important to the consumer and what's more noticeable rather than qci values is actually the phone that they're using right okay uh, i was gonna say like a lot of people in the u.s have iphones right right and iphones traditionally lack typically lack bands behind their Android counterpart um, and typically have weaker modems, except for this most recent iteration, right? That's usually been the case. So like if you were on a network like T-Mobile, right? And let's just say you picked up an iPhone 6, right? That phone doesn't have band 12. That phone doesn't have band 71. That phone 
you know, it was missing a lot of different things, didn't support multiple carry aggregation. That is going to be like a much more noticeable impact on your performance on a network than the actual plan that you have, right? Right. Yeah, you know, and I actually have a story relating to this. You know, I had T-Mobile way back in the day and I was using an iPhone 5, which was lacking uh, some of the newer bands that T-Mobile was using. And I remember when I upgraded to the iPhone 6S, I actually noticed better coverage and performance both at home and in other locations as I traveled around Massachusetts. So, yeah, and that was even with an iPhone, right, where you're saying Android users are the ones who actually get kind of that premium experience with um, the Qualcomm modems. And I think Qualcomm's actually making some pretty huge strides with the Snapdragon 888, right, where they're integrating the modem for the first, well, they've integrated modems before, but for the 888, this is the a more recent time, I guess I will say, that they're integrating the modem into the processor for their flagship devices. First time for 5G. It's the yeah. first time for 5G that they're doing it. And um, it'll be sick. I just want to bring up one point that I noticed in the chat. I see Sneed made a comment um, if you didn't see it in the comments. Yeah, um, well, I'll pull it up. Um, so is it this one or are you... Um, where he was talking about that QCIs matter less in tower dense locations like cities. So um, wow, this is this is actually backwards than what we were talking about. Yeah. So what does the comment say? Uh, so basically, Sneed, shout out to Sneed. He was saying QCI matters less in tower dense locations like cities because there are small cells and meter wa millimeter wave nodes um, and CRAN and rooftop sites. And to Sneed's point, I agree. Um, if there's a densely packed network in a city where there's lots of millimeter wave sites and stuff like that, then absolutely, um, you know, QCI value matters less in that circumstance. However, if you go, it depends on the city, right? Like if you go to a market like Pittsburgh, like my market, right? It's very hilly, like, cause it's part of like, it's Pennsylvania here, right? It's very hilly. There's different top, top, topography versus somewhere that's more flat, and there's all kinds of crazy regulations about where cell sites can be placed. So coverage amongst most of the carriers here tends to be pretty sparsely populated in the cities. However, um, the density of our population is still centered mostly around downtown. Like if you guys are familiar with Duquesne College, I don't know if anybody around here is from Pittsburgh, but like that that specific location is a is a death trap for almost every cell carrier. It's very highly congested regardless of who you have if you were to go to Duquesne College. Yeah, I think um, it's almost, I guess I guess we're trying to make something that's really regional and very uh, geographically specific, and we're trying to extrapolate it to a broader claim. And really, our thinking was that the more rural areas likely have fewer users on the network, so the network is less likely to be congested. On the flip side, if the rural area has fewer tower sites, then it may be more likely for that single tower site to become congested. And then all of a sudden, priority levels do make a difference. and They do really matter. And uh, we were also thinking in cities, the tower sites would have more users, more congestion, and would therefore be, be more likely to notice the different priority levels of the plan. But I think really what it comes down to is how congested the specific tower site is that you're connected to and how much bandwidth is available on the network. So I think it's really, it's kind of, you almost have to test it. I think Dennis, this brings us back to like your first point of like, how do you find out what QCI you have and how do you tell if it makes a difference? I think you just honestly got to sign up for a plan on the network you're interested in. You got to use it in priority mode. You got to use it in uh, deprioritized mode and you got to see what the differences are and just compare the speeds for your personal usage. 
And my take right now is that I feel even if your speeds are measurably slower when they're deprioritized, I still think that they'll be usable enough for a lot of people. So average consumers are less likely to notice. But I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm off there. Maybe that it, they do make a big difference. I mean, I would say with current applications and use cases on phones, if you're getting more than, say, 15 megabits per second, I'd say you're pretty good for just about everything, right? Like you can easily stream 1080p content with that kind of speed. You're not going to have problems doing a FaceTime call. You're not going to have problems loading up Reddit, right? I mean, anything after 15 meg, um, it's nice. It shows up nicely in a speed test, but it's not going to make the most noticeable difference to the user unless they're like downloading a large file, which how often is someone doing that on their mobile phone versus like on a computer, right? It's not like they're downloading Call of Duty Cold War, which is 110 gigs, right? Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I think this actually will tie into a future episode, but I think 5G will make more of a difference in like mobile gaming, that low latency mode and possibly some AR, VR experiences. But yeah, I think I want to like for average users and I feel like the people listening to this may not be average users. Maybe they're enthusiasts, maybe they're, high day high data users um but i think for most many people uh it's probably less of a deal i will say something interesting though is i was actually able to measure the difference between the different qci values on t-mobile right so priority qci 6 for my testing if i were to run a speed test those got like 100 percent of the available network speeds based on the current network condition conditions and congestion and traffic then QCI 7, that was actually getting 30% of the available speeds, right? So if I ran a T-Mobile Magenta Plus speed test next to Metro by T-Mobile or even T-Mobile Essentials, uh, T-Mobile Magenta, let's say it would hit 100 megabits per second. The Metro plan would hit just 30 megabits per second. Now, this is only when the tests were run at the same time. When I ran the tests individually, both got all of the available network speed and performance. And then lastly, uh, was QCI value nine on T-Mobile and that got 15% of the available speeds, right? So if I were to run three tests, Magenta Plus that hadn't used 50 gigs, Metro by T-Mobile, and then let's say I had another Magenta Plus plan, but that user had gone over that 50 gig allotment and they were on QCI nine, it would be 100 megabits per second down on the priority plan. It would be 30 megabits per second down on Metro. And then it would be just 15 megabits per second down on the deprioritized plan. So I don't know, I thought that was kind of interesting how they're kind of structuring the network to accommodate these different use cases. Definitely. And, you know, it does beg the question, right? Like the, so like the reason why Curious have QCI values because is is because Spectrum's limited, bandwidth is limited. So it's a way to sort of manage the network so that everybody has a good experience and the people that pay more get the best, right? Yeah. But it begs the question, is it the most efficient way to do things, right? Like we see T-Mobile, like you were saying earlier, does application-based versus how AT&T and Verizon do it a little more differently. But what if carriers were to, instead of having QCI values, just have set like up to speeds on their plans, like similar to how like your home ISP does, right? Like T-Mobile One Plus guaranteed speeds up to 25 megabits per second. I think, yeah, that's a very interesting uh, question. And we actually, Des, what's interesting was we've actually seen this before, right? So US Mobile back in the day, they offered three tiers of their plan. They call, they had a standard, a fast, and a ludicrous. And 
Standard was one megabit per second. Fast was five megabits per second. And Ludacris was full speed data. And I actually learned that many customers chose the more affordable option at the slower speeds. Now, my question, I guess for you, Dennis, is do you think people did that because they were like, okay, I'm okay with that speed or because it was cheaper and they were just like, yeah, I'll get the cheapest one available. And they just didn't know. And they were like, uh, okay, my data is a little bit slower, whatever. And they shrugged it off. I think people just picked the cheapest plan. Because, <laughs> That's kind of what I think too. Because I don't think most people that you talk to have a good understanding of what a megabit per second is or what 25 megabits per second. Like, what does that translate to me in real use, right? What does that mean, right? Yeah. Um, so I think it would take some customer education um, about that. But, but but the carriers were able to do that with the internet plans, right? Do, like, do you think there's a difference between internet and cell phone users? Do, do you feel like, I mean, maybe are the internet users doing or the ISPs doing a good job conveying what the differences are? Yeah, I mean, I think ISPs do a decent job at it. I mean, if you look at like any ISPs website, like any major ISP, right? Like Comcast, Verizon Fios, AT&T Uverse. Typically, when you look at their speed tiers, they'll put little things in there. Like they'll say good for good for light email, good for gaming, good for streaming, good for big families, up to seven to 10 devices. Like they'll say things like that, right? Right. Which are things that people can more understand. But how do you convey a speed with a single person's phone? How do you, how do you convey that? Right. Like, all right. So it's going to do everything you want, but it'll just do it faster or slower. So yeah, I think that is I think that is a more challenging question. Um, all right, I'm going to bring up three more plans and one other carry that did this, and then Dennis, I'm going to be curious to hear your thoughts on what would make sense if carriers were to approach this method. All right, sure. so the other carrier that did this was Sweet. Their three tiers were they had a light plan that was at 512 kilobits per second. They had a middle tier plan at one megabit per second, and then they had their final tier which was at full speeds. So between uh, US mobile, excuse me, one megabit, five megabit and full speed, and then 512, one megabit per second and full speed. What what tiers do you think make the most sense based on the different implementations we've seen so far? Or what would you create as your implementation? So I think speed tiers that would make the most sense would go something like this. You'd have one tier that caps speeds at two megabits per second. And the reason why I say that number is because that's enough to stream 480p standard definition video. And it's something that lots of carriers are doing on their unlimited data plans. You're just stretching that across the board. And that would be your cheapest tier. Next step up would be around like 8 megabits per second. You can comfortably stream like 720p video. And I feel like that's the one that more people would end up going with because it's actually more useful for more things. You could have a third tier that's like 25, which is what the FCC currently dictates as considered being broadband speeds and then lastly if you really wanted to for the most premium of users you could have an unfettered no speed cap plan right that would be your most expensive plan and that would be a good way for carriers to have a nice plan structure so they can try to generate more revenue which is something that would the carriers would realistically want to do um now uh as far as an implementation like this um i actually think personally it would make more sense because so if you were to do something like this right where like different speed tiers exist you can kind of more realistically account for 
how much bandwidth you're going to need, right? Like you can theoretically say like, okay, this area based off the U.S. Census has, I'm going to make up a number, 15,000 people that need covered. If every single person had my network and they had the 25 megabit speed tier plan, they can only use this much speed possible at even during peak times, right? Right. So I know how much of a buffer I need to have so that I don't have like congestion issues. Um, I also think it just makes things simpler, right? Like if you treat all data equal and everybody in every single task that you get is like 25 meg, if something like net neutrality were to come back, you don't have to worry about that. Right. Um, Cause like, you know, when net neutrality was in place, it, it had rules against throttling and different things. So it gets you around that issue and still lets you have different styles of unlimited plans to like differentiate from each other and generate more money. Uh, I just think it'd be something interesting to see. I think. Yeah. It might yeah. Do, you, do you think this would be better than sort of the QCI level or priority tiers that we have in place right now? Um, I think it would because at least you can kind of set an expectation on what you can expect. Right. Yeah. Like I can if I know that I'm constantly going to get. I keep going back to 25 megabit, but if I know if I'm going to constantly get 25 megabit, right? Yep. Then I know when I load up Netflix, I can load it up in 1440p, right? I can load up YouTube in 1440p. I don't got to worry about things like binge on where they're capping me at two meg because I don't, I only have the regular magenta plan limiting me to standard definition. Meanwhile, I can go run a speed test and get beautiful 200 megabit per second or something on T-Mobile's network. Yeah, I think that's the worst where it's like, all right, I have all of this bandwidth here and you're limiting me to 480p, like really? And uh, this is this just happens to be from me doing all this T-Mobile uh, content recently, but I learned that with Magenta, you have the option to purchase an HD pass that's monthly, it's 15 bucks. Uh, you're basically upgrading your Magenta plan to Magenta Plus. But the Essentials plan and T-Mobile prepaid, you have to purchase, like the only way to get HD streaming is to purchase a $3 per day add-on. That's it. Like, what is T-Mobile doing? Like, there's no other way to upgrade those plans to enjoy HD video. You have to go with the uh, more premium tier plan. I think I think that's a little ridiculous. Yeah, I do too. Um, I also think that what's something else that's nice about the idea about the 25 meg just being as like a flat rule yeah. is, uh, and I'm sure you know this too, Stetson, but... All hotspot data on T-Mobile, regardless if you're postpaid or not, gets deprioritized over like normal cell phone traffic. Right, right. So for those people out there that really care about hotspot data, especially with T-Mobile introducing these really nice lucrative plans, it'd be nice to know what type of speed I'm guaranteed. Because, you know, if I if I'm if I'm able to get like a hundred meg on my phone, but then my hotspot's like only like a megabit, right? Or or no. On uh, what is it after three gigs? They reduce it down to three G speed, right? Six hundred kilobits per second, which they label as three G speeds, right? Like that's that's useless to me, right? Especially on a computer, right? Yeah, like, like that's absolutely useless. I would much rather just have like a flat, like this is the speed that you can expect. You could pay me more to get more speed if you need it, but like I would love it if I just had like a consistent experience, regardless of what I'm trying to do, especially as we move into our phones doing other things for us, right? Right. right. Like I feel like that would be a really cool idea. I'm surprised no carrier has really taken it that step further. I mean, I know US Mobile 
uh, did it to a certain extent, but they still double dipped. Like they still had soft caps and other restrictions. I'm just saying, give me a speed, call it a day, and just let it be like that, right? No well, other. We, we saw Verizon actually doing this, right? It, I think it's their just kids plan. It's uh, was it five megabits per second? And their previous Verizon business plan. This is now discontinued, thankfully, but that was also capped at five megabits per second. So it almost seems like Verizon's for business. Verizon's fading, phasing it out, but maybe for other plans. It's still there. It could come back. Um, but yeah, I think I think it'd be interesting. I think it makes a lot of sense. Like I would rather. OK, here's a question. Would you rather have unlimited data at, let's say, maybe eight megabits per second? I'll pick something kind of right on the line there. Or would you rather have 100 gigs at full speed? Ooh, that's a good question. So for me, I know I'll never hit over 100 gigs on my cell phone plan. So I'd probably take the 100 gigs at full speed. However, just to be more fun, I'll pretend like I don't have Wi-Fi. Um, if I had to choose between those two, I, I could live with the 8 megabits per second. Like, I could absolutely do that. And it would depend on cost, too, right? Like, is the 8 megabit per second one cheaper? Oh, that's a great point. I, yeah, maybe maybe we make it cheaper. So if the 8 megabit per second one's cheaper by, like, let's just say... 15 bucks if it's 15 bucks a month cheaper i could absolutely get away with that i'm not doing anything on my phone that needs more so yeah i would take the eight megabit per second one in a heartbeat that's interesting and i guess i guess the problem then is educating consumers uh because from a carrier perspective i imagine there's two different things they're trying to balance here they're trying to balance the network management congestion how many users are on like how much bandwidth they could potentially need at any given time and they're also trying to, I want to imagine, upsell people, get them to get uh, the newest phones, get the latest devices, get the premium plan with all the extra perks and benefits. But um, yeah, I think it, it, I think it is a balance. I think a lot of people would go for the cheaper one just because it's cheaper. And if you try it, it works. Um, but at the same time, you know, maybe carriers would have to try and find a way to make that work for them by... Uh, finding other ways to add on, I don't know, benefits or insurance policies or whatever, um, because they need the money to build out their networks, networks and infrastructure. Well, they could absolutely still do that, right? Like, um, if we go back to the speeds, right, if you give someone one megabit per second versus eight, that's a very noticeable speed difference, right? And what you could do on your phone. So that's an easy upsell. And then as far as adding other value and perks, we're seeing that right now with companies eight, like AT&T adding HBO Max onto their more premium plans or Verizon bundling Disney Plus and Hulu. So there's definitely plenty of other stuff that they can do um, to sell those higher tier plans. And I think for the carriers... Um, this would definitely be, like I said, easier for them to kind of predict the type of bandwidth that they need to give per market, right? If they have yeah. set in stone numbers like this is the max, then they know what to expect. And then they can be a little bit more selective about how they do the upgrades. And when they do do upgrades in those markets, then they can increase the speed tiers on those plans respectively over time, right? Um, so it's a little bit more predictable is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, Absolutely. And that would definitely, you know, help out, as you mentioned, just with the network management. Um, all right. I guess maybe last question before potentially moving on to something different. What is the slowest speed you would go for? Mm, slowest speed I would go for was that eight megabit one that you mentioned. I wouldn't want to go below that. Yeah, I agree with you. So I've used I've used US Mobile's five megabit per second plan and everything works right. But it's just I notice the slightly longer load times and just how much it, extra time it takes for certain applications. 
whereas with I was on Cricket's plan in high school and I was totally fine with the eight megabits per second. I think getting that consistently more than fast enough for everything I need to do. I think it's uh, five megabits per second is kind of right on the line. It's I notice it a little bit. And then if you go down to three, one, 600 kilobits per second, that's where things kind of really slow down. It goes to a crawl. Yeah, I mean, I'm currently living in that world right now anyway. Like my current T-Mobile service, I'm not seeing double digit numbers anyway. So I already live in that world. <laughs> yeah, you know, that is, a, that is a crazy thing. Like even on these different plans, you know, you have to remember that even if you get priority data, sometimes you're just not getting like the network just isn't there. So you need both. You need the network to be in place and uh, you just need the bandwidth. You need a phone with the, all the LTE bands to connect, all the 5G bands to connect uh, to give you that premium experience. So on the topic of networks, though, I have a quick question for you, Stetson. Yeah. What um, what's more important to you with like with a network being able to use the phone that you want, the performance of the network or the price? What's the most important thing that you look for first? Ooh, I think I think the phone and I think this probably resonates with a lot of people. I'm I'm personally I love iPhone. That's what I use for my main device. I have the Pixel Five and Galaxy S20. I love what Google is doing, honestly, with the software on Pixel Five and Google says that everything is just so buttery smooth and great on that. Um, but if there was a network that didn't work with the iPhone, I probably just wouldn't even consider it because that's my main device. I love the camera. Being able to use that phone comes first for me. That's as being most important. And in fact, for I think for a while, like I had an iPod touch, right? And that just had Wi-Fi. And I would just use the free Wi-Fi hotspots at like McDonald's or Starbucks or um, anywhere else I traveled to. Um, so I think I think device is probably most important for me. And then what were the other options? The network speed the and network. performance? Yeah, like the network coverage slash performance and then price. I think I would do... So I do phone first. Then I would do network coverage and performance because... What's the point of paying for something if you can't use it, right? Um, that, I think this actually relates back to Sprint. Like in my area in Massachusetts, when I was growing up, uh, Sprint had, there were some incredibly affordable plans on their network, but I you, you just couldn't, like you couldn't use the service. So it's like, what what's the point of paying for that if you can't use it, right? So I would do, so I'd do phone, I would do network, performance, coverage, speeds, everything like that. And lastly is actually price. So if if you're charging me a premium, but you've got the coverage and it works with uh, the phone I want, I think I'd sign up for that. Dennis, what's your take on this? Well, before I get into my take on it, I just want to say an interesting point. Since yeah. you said that's how you do things, I find it interesting that you ended up on Mint since yeah. T-Mobile. Since T-Mobile has traditionally been the worst carrier to pick for iPhones, right? Because like I like I had mentioned earlier, iPhones are usually like a year behind on band support from T-Mobile. So like when T-Mobile acquired Band 12, right? Yep. It wasn't until the 6S came out that iPhone supported that. And by that point, T-Mobile was already starting to um, implement other technologies like 4x4 MIMO, uh, 256 QAM for you know more efficient spectral efficiency. You know, then we got in the Band 71 auction, and the iPhone was always consistently behind. On top of that, the iPhone also lacks settings on T-Mobile that are important, right? Like I've had discussions with you about how like I have a Samsung phone on T-Mobile. I do that for a reason because sometimes my phone will want to auto connect to a cell site that I know is poor performance. And with a Samsung phone, I can go in and force it to connect to something else. You don't get that liberty on an iPhone. So I find it interesting that you end up picking Met, um, Mint, Mint. <laughs> Mint uh, to my iPhone. <laughs> yeah. 
That's a great point, Dennis. I never, I never really realized that. Uh, and you're absolutely right. I mean, coverage on the T-Mobile network was horrendous on my iPhone five back when I was using that. Um, but I guess, I guess what it came down to for me was Mint Mobile was the cheapest plan that met my needs, and I had coverage on the T-Mobile network in the areas I needed it. Right, so at home and on campus at college and like in downtown Ithaca. So I was in Ithaca, New York. So it actually worked for me. Like I wasn't, I wasn't doing a whole lot of traveling. I wasn't um, going to places that had low coverage or that I felt I needed coverage. So yeah, that's how I ended up on Mint. It was the cheapest plan that met my needs, had coverage where I, where I ended up needing it and I was able to use it with my iPhone. So I don't know. Maybe maybe my order's backwards. Maybe yeah. uh, price is actually more important than coverage. Am I for for me? But with that said, let me tell you my take. For yep. me, plan is first and foremost more most important. So are you are you device specific or you're device agnostic? You don't care. Uh I I'm di- I'm device agnostic. Like even if I had a carrier, I would probably end up still having two phones because I prefer both for uh, different things related to work and personal so sure i i keep both but for me it's plan first and the reason i say that is because you could have the literal best network in the world but if your plan makes it so that i'm capped at like the one megabit per second speed that we were making jokes about earlier then it doesn't matter i don't care if my speed test shows me 200 meg if everything i do is capped at really slow and it's unusable then i don't care it's just the same as having a bad network to me right so for me plan is most important um then phone because i do care about phone support right like uh we had this in a private conversation but i'll i'll re i'll react it here eight back in the day i used to be a big fan of stock android i had i had a nexus 6p and i was using that with at&t and that phone supports voice over lte but at&t has this like very hard approach about like what what devices support voice LTE? yeah so not supporting voice over lt basically on phones that aren't like sold by them so stuff like wi-fi calling didn't work voice over lt didn't work which was terrible because i had great lt coverage in my small little town with at&t but stuff like 3g and their 2g which they had been turning off were non-existent so anytime i would go to make a call i would watch as the little signal indicator goes from lt to just a, a little x with no signal and my call would just drop so that sucked so phone would be second and then third would be price right because you never you never get a situation where you get all three so price for me would be um the third most um important well i think i think the three things you said were phone network coverage and performance and plan so it sounds like coverage and performance would actually be lower than the plan coverage i guess coverage would be last i'm sorry my apologies that's interesting yeah, coverage would be last for me because if I have a good plan <clears throat> and I have the phone that I want that fully works, I can make up for poor coverage. And I know that with time that will improve, right? Like sure. if I have Wi-Fi calling, then I know that any time that I'm at home, which I spend 50% of my time at home and now with COVID, 100% of my time at home, I have usable service. So um, so that's fine. Like I can get around that. And with time, I know that coverage will improve. But my plan isn't going to change necessarily with time, nor is my interest and preference in the phones that I like, right? Like, I'm never going to stop liking Android, right? And I'm never going to sure. stop liking sure. iOS. So, um, okay. Well, here's an interesting take. 
I would say it's typically easier to switch plans than it is to switch networks. Mm, that is also fair. That is right? also right? fair like, because if you switch networks, then you have to worry about phone compatibility. Again. Right. And uh, how many times have you switched networks? I mean, th this is just an open-ended question. I honestly have never switched networks, really. I mean, my parents have had AT&T since longer than I've been alive, and I still have that AT&T line. And then I wouldn't call me switching because all I did was get another line with T-Mobile. And I've yeah. had, them since I got, had them since 2013 and never switched. So I've never technically switched networks. <laughs> So, so I don't know. I feel like we both said things, but our actions are different than what we said. I'm a loyal dog. <laughs> to some degree. Yeah. I mean, I think switching networks is the most challenging. So yeah, it really depends. I mean, we're kind of at a point right now where all, all carriers are offering good plans and it just depends on what coverage works for you in your area. And uh, you just kind of go with that, I guess. And you know, maybe it's a couple bucks difference, but you really just want to pay for something that works. It's like the it's like the Goldilocks story, right? Like like all the carriers have their own faults in different areas. Yeah, like perks, benefits, and uh, different caveats. Okay, I think we should go on to actually. This was a Patreon submitted question, so um, let me see if I can pull up who submitted it. But the question is: If you could create your own MVNO, what network would it be on, and what plan would you promote? I think this is a really great question, and. Uh, one that I actually had to spend some time thinking about, right? Like, you only get one chance to create an MVNO. Well, I, I guess if you're like um, some MVNOs create different sister brands, so maybe maybe you get multiple chances. But yeah, maybe really think like what what would I do if I was to try and start one? If I was to do my own thing, what I came down to, Dennis, I'd be I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. So the first part of this question is, what network would it be on? And from my understanding, I think Verizon's network has a really good, really strong network core, but I think they are currently lacking bandwidth and frequencies in certain markets. So if I was to start an MVNO, I, I would be concerned about network congestion and network priority in certain markets. Uh, then T-Mobile, my understanding is their network core is not built well. And if I was thinking long-term, I'm not sure they would be able to catch up to or match the performance that would eventually be able to uh, be available on Verizon when they got more bandwidth with mid band uh, or with what's currently available on AT&T. And then I come to AT&T and the truth is I'm, I'm less familiar. I feel like with any problems or anything with AT&T's network, it just seems pretty good overall. So I think if I was to pick one right now and based on my testing in Colorado, which is where I live, and I'd obviously want to make sure I got good speeds, I think I would go with AT&T. But do, does that logic make sense? Like, am I right in or am I on the right track with uh, the network structures and reliability as it stands today? I'd say you're pretty right on point with that. Um, if you just look at from that angle, yeah, you're pretty on point with that. Only thing I was just going to say was, though, um, and we talked about this in the last podcast, but AT&T has a funny thing when it comes to prepaid and MBO carriers, right, with sudden changes. So. That would make that's, a little... that's also very true. But that's that's I think going outside the yeah. the yeah. spectrum of the question. Like I'm I'm building my own MVNO and yeah. assuming everything works. So I think I think ATT is probably the move. 
And I personally don't think there is an MVNO offering a great experience on AT&T right now. And that I, is know, true. Like there's a bunch that use it, right? We had Wing and Wing was honestly pretty good. Uh, but the problem is, as you mentioned, you know, they ran into some fiascos with their agreement with AT&T and what, how much data they could offer. Um, and, you know, it could be, I think there could be some improvements. Uh, we have PureTalk. I haven't tried them personally, but I think just from their website, you know, it could probably be like, basically, I would want to bring a US mobile type of experience to the AT&T network. I think that's just the best way of phrasing it. Okay. So like, would you have like the free Netflix and stuff perks too, like US mobile does? That's a great question. So I didn't actually think about that. But what I what I ended up thinking is I would probably want a custom option. I think that's cool. Like, Dennis, would you be open to choosing how many minutes, texts and megabytes of data you wanted per month and just seeing what the cost would be? I mean, how do you feel about that versus like a pre-made plan? I like choice. Choice is good. But nine times out of 10, those a la carte options They're just end up, right? yeah, just end up pointing me to what I was already going to do, right? Like, I don't want to go back to the days where I had limited minutes, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, fair enough, yeah. fair enough. And I don't want to not have a limited texting because in the US, for whatever reason, texting is still something that so many people do. Got two factor authentication. My company, for whatever god awful reason won't use teams for everything some people still text me um so texting is important right i need to have that and then data right i don't necessarily want to go to like uh pay by the gig version of model not because i couldn't stay under it right yeah. but i don't want that like worry to happen and typically speaking i'm not usually ending up saving that much money so um yeah, no, I would probably just pick some like predetermined plan where it's like unlimited, almost like a visible style, even if I had yeah. to. All right. I respect that. Uh, and also, yeah. I just want to chime back in. This question was from uh, Breaking Data. So Breaking Data, thank you so much for the question and really appreciate your support. I, I actually, yeah, I was gonna say I actually had my own different uh, opinion if I was to make my NBNO though. Wait, wait, or, hang on. Well, do you want to say what network you would use? Because I, yeah. I uh, one option was the custom plan, but I think I would also have some pre-built plans to choose from. Yeah, I do want to say the network I'd use, and this is probably not what he was expecting, yeah. but he didn't, so we couldn't. Uh, I would do like a Project Fry approach and pick two networks. Ooh! Okay, um, Dennis, now we're talking. Well, okay, what two networks would you pick? Uh, so like you, I would also pick AT&T, but then I'd also have T-Mobile and I oh, picked those wow. two because they're both GSM based. So they're going to play nicer with each other when it comes to phone compatibility and other things. Well, does that still make a difference now that everyone's migrating to LTE? Cause my understanding was the CDMA was really on, uh, like the 3G and 2G stuff. But now that we're on LTE, the technologies are more or less the same. The technology is more or less the same. Problem is, though, is that in the more rural parts of America, like AT&T, if you look at AT&T's coverage map, they still have a lot of places where they only have like HSPA plus or 3G coverage. And that's all they have right on those like fringe areas. Right. So um, having it so that I, I don't know, just having it so that both networks play nicely with each other is something I wanted to keep in mind. And I know that Verizon, even though they are you know, it doesn't matter as much with them anymore. They're still a little more picky 
when it comes to phone support here in the U.S., right? Like you, it took it, a while yeah. there for like OnePlus, for example, right, to it, support Verizon's network. Doesn't, yeah, Verizon have like a device approval process you have to go through as a manufacturer, and it's like actually quite lengthy. Yes, and that's why, <laughs> and that's why I wouldn't pick them as a network. <laughs> that's really smart, and I, uh, I think honestly, combining AT and T and T Mobile. Uh, you're going to be a, a better option for anyone who's an international user who's maybe coming to visit the United States. Like that would work so much better because internationally, I think GSM is pretty much the standard. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, a lot of international phones don't support any of our networks particularly well, but T-Mobile tends to fare up the best, right? So I love that. Yeah, I love that. All right. Well, I think we should go into the plans then. Um do you have a plan in mind? I had a couple. I have two kind of ideas for what I was thinking. Yeah, um, I do have plans in mind. Um, we can see how we compare. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off. Basically, I find that there's choice is nice, but I think it's confusing. So I basically have like two styles of plan. Um, one would just be an unlimited everything plan. And when I say unlimited, I mean, unlimited without like the BS, right? Like, so there's, there's no asterisk. There's no fine print. It's, it's just unlimited. That's it. Yeah. So it's unlimited. Everything talk, text, data, hotspot is treated as your data. Um, there would be a soft cap for you, but you can use that data, whatever, which way. And the soft cap for you would be 50 gigs, which I feel like is more than reasonable with current standing yep. that's what team and, and um like i said you can use that as much as you want and then after the 50 gigs uh i would simply just throttle your data usage to 25 megabits per second still totally usable uses as much as you want and i feel like that's totally fair and okay. it's just plain clean and simple and there's no like there's not gonna be like any extra thrills right like i i'm not gonna throw an hbo or anything like that because it's gonna jack up the price um, the only yep. perk I will, the only perk I'll give in there, if, if I can milk this off of T-Mobile is the like free international roaming, like stuff that they have going that's on. That's huge. I think that's huge. I think that's a really good point. So like similar to project five, like you can use your data anywhere. And it's kind of like the same deal. Um, I would let you do that. However, if you want to call it an asterisk, uh, when you're roaming internationally, your speeds on those international partners network is only going to be five meg, but that's still higher than what T-Mobile gives you natively and still usable. And that's my, like, that's the one plan. Dennis, I, I, so you, that's, do you have more plans or just that's, that's the Dennis plan? That's the, that's the Dennis plan. And I would have one other option that would be clearly more low cost and it would just be a buy the gig option. So unlimited talk and text and you just pay me for every gig that you want. And it would be very specific, like partial, like if you only like, I'm just using an artificial number. If a gigabyte of data costs $10 and you only use like half of that, then you'd only have to pay me $5 towards that. And it would just be by the gig, very straightforward. And I would even put in a, uh, uh, a price cap for you so that you can never go over the cost of the unlimited plan. In cost. Yeah, I, I like that. Like if you hit a certain threshold, you're just automatically switched to the unlimited plan. Exactly. That's smart. Yeah, you know, we've seen a lot of different approaches in the industry where actually reach mobile, uh, you basically select your plan. Let's say it's there. I think it's 45 gigs or excuse me, $45 for I want to say 10 gigs. If you use three gigs, reach mobile will actually switch you to the lower cost five gig plan. So I think that's a nice kind of feature. 
you wouldn't necessarily need that if you were paying by the gig, as we see from Spectrum Mobile and Xfinity Mobile with their by the gig plans. Um, but just kind of a nice uh, perk for for some users and uh, allows a little bit more flexibility in pricing. So I don't know if I would include that. I think the two options I'm thinking of is, you know, from looking at the numbers, most people, I want to say 90, maybe maybe 80, I'll be a little bit more lenient. Maybe 80% of people are using less than 10 gigs a month. Um, so I'd probably have one plan that's around the 8 to 10 gig mark and have that be more affordable. Use the data however you want. You can use it as handset or hotspot. And then I do the classic uh, 2 megabit per second cap but maybe i'm not thinking out outside the box like maybe i should be doing uh network speeds and tiers like you were doing dennis but i think that would be one plan the second plan i was thinking of um would probably be just straight up 100 gigs and you can use it however you want and i feel like at that amount for a huge percentage of people that's going to be more than enough data and even if you're using it as hotspot data like you could potentially split that 50 50 50 gigs on handset, 50 gigs on hotspot. I think that would be a really great um, approach. Are these shared buckets that you have, or is this on a per line basis? I would do per line, 100 gigs per line. Okay. For that. And I I would probably try and price it around the $40 mark because I feel like, I mean, this kind of gets into great tiers. Like We don't really know what we could price these at based on the carrier agreements. But I think, you know, when you're looking at $40, you can get Visible's true unlimited plan that's deprioritized, or you can look at other options. So I think I think in order for my plan to, to, to stand out, I would do 100 gigs, full priority data, and you can use it however you want. I And I wonder, out of the plans that the audience heard, which one would they rather have? Would they rather go with Dennis the NVNO or Stetson the NVNO? Who has okay, a better... Well, the thing, Dennis, how would you how would you try and price your plan okay. based on current market if you were to try and like put a fair number on it? Because my gut instinct is, oh my God, I want the Dennis plan. Like, are you kidding? True unlimited data that only throttles down to 25 meg after a certain allotment? Like, that's insane. And I'm getting AT&T and T-Mobile coverage. Like, sign me up. I yeah. signed up the moment you said that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What What price would you go for? Yeah, I mean, so that's definitely like a premium plan that's just solely focused on what it's meant to do, be a cell phone plan, right? So as such, it would have a premium price tag. And I would say a fair market value price tag would be 85 bucks, tax and fees included. That's what that costs you. I, I would actually put that higher. I think that's a $100 plan. $100 plan? Well, yeah, I was I think- basically pricing it at 18 because AT&T Unlimited Elite isn't at 80 bucks, right? Yeah, so one- I think Unlimited Elite I want to say it's 85. I know Magenta Plus is 85. But you're you're basically merging like two very premium plans on two networks. That's why I think I think it's the two network part that I would bump it up to like 100. All right, fine. 100 100 bucks and yeah, 100 bucks for that plan. 100 bucks for that plan and then for the buy the gig plan that I was talking about starts out at $15. For that that would be 1 gig. Uh, yeah, that would be one gig of data, include unlimited talk and text, and then 10 bucks for every gig thereafter. Okay. That, yeah, those are, those are really good plans, Dennis. I think, uh, well, yeah, I guess which one would you sign up for and which one I would probably say I would sign up personally. I would either do your buy the gig 
Or if my plan, my super cheap plan that was like uh, eight to 10 gigs, maybe at like 20 bucks a month or something like that, um, I might do that. Well, since you since you maybe raised my price, I'm gonna say twenty to twenty bucks a month is a low ball, unless you're doing like a bulk. Like I have to buy. Yeah, it. I would. So I would include bulk pricing options with mine. But maybe okay. you're right. Maybe like thirty. I think thirty is probably more reasonable because uh, U.S. Mobile actually they just launched uh, a thirty gig plan for thirty bucks. Okay. I feel like we could swing maybe eight to ten for thirty. But you're also on AT and T, right? So AT and T traditionally has yeah, always been more expensive that's also true i will not deny that so i would say for your you said we'll say 10 gigs to make it simple i would say your 10 gig plan if you're doing tax and fees included would probably cost 35 bucks okay like I, i'll respect that and then your 100 gig one that you were talking about would probably be more in line with like 80 dollars. really you think so i i don't think you're gonna get it by with much less i mean if at&t elite is charging that much for what they're doing and they're throwing an hbo max and all those other perks I don't think you're going to get much cheaper than like that. Well, unless you're doing bulk, maybe you can get away with like 65 on bulk, but like, I feel like it's going to be pretty expensive. hundred gigs of data is a lot. Mm. I mean, T-Mobile's yeah. hotspot or T-Mobile's 100 gig hotspot. Aren't they charging like what? 50 for hotspot on T-Mobile, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. 50. And, and that doesn't even include texting and calling, which even the cheapest texting and calling plans are usually around like 15 bucks. So 50 plus 15, that's 65 right there. And I'm just giving you a premium factor because you picked AT&T. Yeah, maybe. So 80. Do you think 80 would work? Yeah, I think that's fair. All right. Yeah, maybe we can leave this up to the audience. What what plan audience, anyone's in the live chat who wants to chime in, what plan would you go for? Would you go for uh, Dennis, MVNO Dennis, where you're getting Dennis? Why don't you rehash your own plan? Because So unlimited, true unlimited everything, soft capped at 50 gigs. And then afterwards, it's uh, you'll get throttled to 25 megabits per second. But you use as much as you want. And you have international roaming included. And hotspots also included. Like, just use it as you please. Unlimited everything, 100 bucks. And you have access to the AT&T and T-Mobile network for coverage. Or you can pick the buy the gig plan which starts out at $15 per month and you pay 10 gigs for every additional gigabyte of data that you need the plan has one gig included already would the buy the gig plan be shareable to other users like what we're seeing with Xfinity Mobile and Spectrum um you don't have I that like ISP kind of leverage yeah i i was doing it on a per line basis but yeah i was not thinking about any type of family plans these these are all just per line yeah sure per, all right yeah those are Dennis's options. I was doing, we came up with 30 bucks for 10 gigs on AT&T and 80 bucks for 100 gigs. Use it however you want. So those are, those are the options I can, geez, I feel so uncreative at this point. I should have. Can you, make, uh, can you make a quick survey monkey? Maybe we can actually get like an actual vote real quick. Um, I don't think I have time to do that live on right. the air, but we can kind of see, we got, Breaking data, the man who asked the question himself, Dennis Wireless, is going all the way. I think, yeah, Dennis, you crushed it with the international option. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'd say for international for me, I'd probably do something what US Mobile is doing with the international eSIM and make that an option included as well. But yeah. I still like your plan, though. Like, your plans are like, don't cut I was, yourself I was just thinking, like, for a lot of people, I feel like 100 gigs is that amount where you don't like you can use it and it's always usable you're not getting that uh like deprioritized or hit with any like throttles or anything so 
I feel like for a premium plan, it would be pretty good. And I'd try and swing that priority data. But of course, AT&T wouldn't allow that. Um, yeah, well, did, yes, you say, did you say you would have HBO and like those types of things? No, like, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. Dennis, people are loving your plan. We got, boom, another vote. Uh, question about voice over LTE and Wi-Fi calling. I would oh, say just, yeah, blanket. All of those are uh, included. Yeah, visual voicemail. All the features are included. How much? Uh, yeah, so Dennis's unlimited hotspot that was included in the we said a hundred bucks, right? Yeah, how much would the unlimited plan be? A hundred bucks, but you know, it's pretty much true unlimited. That you can know? replace your home internet, it and, could. Yeah, we have we have someone saying a hundred gigs is way too much. Uh, Ari, love the comment, appreciate it, my friend. Uh, if you go and watch the um, best unlimited plans video I did, a lot of commenters are saying they use significantly more than like 50 gigs so i felt like that 50 to 100 gig area was just that perfect amount to accommodate for um all of those all of those higher end higher tier users and the more affordable option i would be for the lower tier ones but yeah i, Dennis, love, I love the joffa me and he's like oh voice, visual voicemail <laughs> yeah but. so i can someone can use 200 gigs that's insane I don't know. We're not MVNOs yet, but I think, you know, those are some interesting ideas. I do want to kind of end off with uh, some announcements here. We had uh, some announcements with from US Mobile recently, and that was that they announced two new plans, 15 bucks for three and a half gigs. If you add on taxes and fees, it's around 20 bucks and then 30 bucks for 30 gigs. Uh, and if you add on taxes and fees, it comes out to thirty five dollars. So those are pretty awesome. Use either Verizon or T-Mobile for coverage. Um, yeah, I was really amazed at, at what US Mobile was able to do. And they just announced a new 15 gig option for their data only plans uh, that starts at just 26 bucks. So you can throw this in a tablet. You can throw this. I don't I don't actually don't know what else you would throw it in besides a tablet. Or So I just had an idea about those data only plan stats and yeah. you educate me. But um. If I were to pick like a data a data only option, right? Could yep. I just rely on something like Google Voice to use like all my calls? Oh and yeah, that's how data works. Google Voice uses internet for calling and messaging, so that would just work perfectly. That's a that's an easy way to cut some costs. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And uh, U.S. Mobile does have their really great international options as well. So, yeah. I think uh, that was the news I have. There's probably some more. Uh, Netflix increased their prices. T-Mobile is passing that on to consumers if you want to. Is it what they're including has changed or are they actually upping the price? They're upping the price for the people that had the premium plan as far as I'm aware. But I don't think the normal plans are like Netflix basic. I don't think it changed. Right, I'm saying for T-Mobile, like Netflix is raising their price across the board, but for T-Mobile customers specifically, I don't think they're seeing a price change unless they were paying for like the four screen option. If I understand it correctly, I th yeah, I think you're right. So, which question for you? You have Netflix rates, Stetson. I do. Yeah. How much? How much would Netflix have to cost before you would cancel them? That's a great question. I'm splitting it with my family right now, and I just uh, split it. So my dad was on the cheapest plan, and so that means he was streaming. What is it? Standard definition? I think it is. Yeah, one screen standard definition. Yeah. He was streaming. He has a ten. We have a ten eighty p screen at home, and he was streaming at four eighty p. He was like, "Yep, totally fine." I'm like, "Dad, what are you doing?" Um, and so I split the difference with him, and I 
took the rest of the cost and I upgraded us to the 4K option. And I did that also so I could have Netflix streaming content on four phones simultaneously for the uh, speed test I was doing. Yeah, those testing. So I don't know. I think is Netflix getting expensive? Yes. Is it also the only place I go to to watch TV shows? Yes. Really? Yeah. So I don't go to any other places, really, to be honest. My man, as someone that has literally every streaming service, I can tell you right now, Netflix is the one that least gets used by me personally. My mom wow. is the one that uses it the most. Uh, my The streaming service I've been watching the most since its release was HBO Max. I love it um, because they got like old Looney Tune cartoons on there, which is. Oh, I yeah, those are great. And then HBO for me is the one that makes like the really quality series, right? Like I went back and rewatched The Sopranos. Uh I loved um, his Dark Materials, which was like a newer show from them. Uh, Game of Thrones was good until like last season. For all my Game of Thrones fans out there, I know you understand. Um, and I don't know. HBO has like a lot of stuff on there. And with Max, they brought in a whole bunch of stuff from the Time Warner Library. And aren't they also getting DC content soon here too? Once those agreements. Yeah, I, I just don't know. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes. I think like a classic show, The Office, I think that's actually leaving, I believe. Peacock, yeah. Cause next, be, oh NBC. my God. It's a, me- I mean, you almost have to like have all of them to get, to get the shows you want. And I actually heard on the Verge cast that Harry Potter is not streaming anywhere right now. Yeah. yeah it was on like, Peacock and then they oh removed it. So yeah, I, I actually like Netflix. Uh, it has the shows that I'm interested in. I don't really watch a lot of TV. Like I would easily, I would rather pay more for YouTube premium and cancel Netflix. Like if that, <laughs> like YouTube. I just, I'm on YouTube. Like that's, I love supporting my creators Yeah, and I love the content I, I consume there. So I've been a part of YouTube premium since it came out as YouTube red and Me I have, too. and I have the grandfathered in rate still. Me too. Oh my gosh. Dennis, <laughs> digital high five. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, we've hit the one hour mark. Do you want to? Yeah, well, call it a show. Call it a show. Let me wrap it up here real fast. With um, they're not sponsors, but just some affiliate promos that I would appreciate you consider if you know you're in the market for a new plan. Mint Mobile is doing their holiday deal right now. Buy three months of service, get three months of service for free. It's it's basically like you're getting six months of service. For the price of three, it's a really good value. Uh, and I think the cost breakdown for their, for Mint Mobile's 35 gig plan, it comes out to just 15 bucks a month for your first six months of service, which is insane. Visible's doing their $3 promo. Uh, so you can get Visible's $40 unlimited plan for just $3 for your first month. Uh, consider using that. Unfortunately, Dennis, I think you pointed out, uh, what, what was the caveat with this? Oh, um, so if you do use the visible $3 promo, you lose out on the $100 Visa card they're doing right now, as well as the free, I think it's a Roku that they're giving you. So it's like you have to choose one or another. But Stetson, you mentioned a good workaround. Uh, yeah. What if you just create two accounts? Like you, you use the promo, you try out visible, make sure it works for you. Then you create a second account with a different email. I don't know. That's That was my idea. Um, and finally, US Mobile, they have new plans. And if you are if you go through bestphoneplans.net, that helps support the channel. That's where I got all the affiliate links. But uh, there's more deals in the description, more promos. You can get a free SIM card from US Mobile uh, using code Stetson at checkout. Uh, there's other discounts in there. So 
If you're interested in supporting the show and maybe getting a deal on a new cell phone plan, please consider using the affiliate links in either the video description if you're watching us live on YouTube or in the show notes if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast app of choice. But either way, and don't forget to support us on the Patreon and have your questions answered at the end of the show like we did today. Yeah, absolutely. I'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to have you there. Either way, that is going to be it for this second episode of the Best Phone Plans podcast. I'm Stetson. Q Dennis. Oh, and I'm Dennis. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, that's going to be it for this episode. And we look forward to talking to you in the next one. Bye, guys. Bye.